0: Ay, 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 ay. Hola, cariño.
1: Hola, amor. Y
0: bienvenidos a Week Horror, a Latinx horror movie podcast with Johnny and Eileen.
1: I'm Johnny, and
0: I'm Eileen. <laughs> I'm looking at your face. I'm looking at your face. <laughs> looking at your face, <laughs> which uh, is
1: always a little awkward and funky at first. <laughs> yeah. Plus, we haven't recorded in two weeks. Two weeks. Mm-hmm. It's been which a while. Is, you know, we are usually we're on our regular weekly grind but i just returned from my honeymoon yes so that's lovely very lovely but that means that for two weeks i've been sunning it up i've been drinking a little bit too much i fucking threw out my back which Mm -hmm. is the last possible thing you'd want to happen to you during your fucking honeymoon but my sweet husband literally went onto the beach and was like does anybody have muscle relaxers?
0: I believe it was pills that he said.
1: <laughs> he was... Pills. Somebody get, give my husband pills. And he found some people who had muscle relaxers, painkillers, and sweetly got me some. But when I'm telling you that I am out of it, just from like two weeks of all of that sun, too much booze, throw your fucking back out. Why not? A few muscle relaxers on top of it. Sure. So... Here we are (laughs) trying to talk about a movie that I watched two weeks ago. Girl. And it was uh, it wasn't a great one.
0: I rented this movie thrice (laughs) times. Shit.
1: You basically gave them a paycheck. Yeah. Thank you very much. You're
0: very welcome. Absolutely. People from this film.
1: Yep. Yep. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing okay. I was here taking care of your fucking cat who barfed on me for like. Three days straight.
1: Yep, and then he fell deeply in love. Yeah, and became a cuddle monster. And
0: don't think I'm gonna forget.
1: Oh, you tell him.
0: Listen, Django. (laughs) I may forgive, but I do not forget.
1: (laughs) I have a feeling, though, that when you leave, he's gonna be like, "Excuse me, what the fuck just happened?" I hope he barfs all over you guys. (laughs) It's quite possible. (laughs) Quite possible.
0: I hope I've made such an impact that he's like, well. I barfed on her. Now I'll barf on my dad. No,
1: I'm telling you, usually we get home from a trip and he's kind of like anxious and a little like, what's going on? What's going on? But last night we arrive. Eileen had cooked us a delicious meal. Welcome home. Honeymoon meal. And Django was chill as fuck. Yeah. Just the chillest little baby. So nicely done. Thank you. Got the touch.
0: She's got the touch. (laughs) Um, Speaking of women having the touch, let's talk about this. Movie that I watched too many times. Yep. So we're going back to Peru, which we hadn't been in a while. Mm -hmm. And is this our first anthology? No. Mm -hmm. Because we had another one that had like two little movies. It was a Curse of the Hand.
1: Curse of the Stone Hand, which, you know.
0: But this is officially more of an anthology. Yeah,
1: this is giving you full. Tales from the Crypt kind of thing. For sure. Kind of vibe, you know?
0: So our movie this week, which, by the way, this is episode 99.
1: Holy shit. Which is very
0: exciting. So uh, for episode 99, we are watching Cuentos de la Bruja from Peru, released in 2019, written by Mike Lydon, with special credit to a few other authors, one of them being Ruth Roche, And uh, we'll find out about her in a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then also directed by Mike Lydon. Lydon? Lydon? We're not sure.
1: You let us know, Mike.
0: Yeah, Mike, tell us. But before we get into that, and before we get into your synopsis, Mm how about some títulos de
1: terror? Absolutely. I'm terrified.
0: uh, I was like, oh, anthology. And I could have gone Tales from the Crypt, but instead I was like... What about Creep Show?
1: Hell yeah! I was hoping you'd say Creep Show. So
0: Creep Show, I guess, had like a lot of different titles. Cool. Okay. So in Argentina, it was called Creep Show El Festín del Terror. Festín. Festín. Like, like a party. Like Oh, a, I love that. Part, a little party of terror.
1: <laughs> Just a little one.
0: In Brazil, it was Creep Show repio do Medo or Creep Show Showjohores. Mm-hmm. In Mexico, was Cuentos Macabros, Museo del Horror, Macabras Historias de Horror. Dude. Habían de todo en México. And in Peru, it was called Creepshow, Cuentos Chocantes de Terror.
1: <gasps> chocantes. Chocantes. Like, shocking? Yeah. I love that.
0: So, yeah. So, those are uh, fun little Creepshow vibes. Stephen King in a weird fucking
1: overalls and haircut (laughs) who knew that creep show would give us so many options for titles i know right i love that
0: it's you know so many stories inside you might as well give them lots of titles hell yeah so uh, now that we've done that how about a synopsis fabulous
1: fabulous and also please do not forget to subscribe rate and review here we go this is our synopsis from imdb on halloween night a charming and seductive witch introduces three macabre stories based upon pre-code horror comics of the 1950s a la Tales from the Crypt. Great. Cool.
0: Guys, this is not a great movie. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that being said, you recently took notes on this, so your brain is freshly in this movie, but I'm telling you, I was like, I should look over my notes, but even doing that, I was like, um don't really remember. Oh. So probably a lot of questions on my part. Great. Hopefully a lot of laughs. Oh uh, man. <laughs> listen, it's just low budge. You sure. know. Sure. Yeah. It's got its charm. So let's just fucking dive into yeah, this. Yeah, let's steal this.
0: Okay. So Cuentos de la Bruja from Peru 2019. Here we go. An intertitle appears. Esta película está dedicada a los artistas, escritores y editores de cómics de terror precódigo de la década de 1950. Which is very
1: nice. Yeah, I honestly was like, okay, excited. Yeah, excited to see what I this was is like, all about.
0: What the fuck is pre code comics?
1: More on that later.
0: In a touch, <laughs> smoke covers the screen and we hear a faraway voice say, "Por el picor de mis dedos." Noto que llega el infame, which is from the famous Scottish play, (gasps) Macbeth.
1: Uh, Don't say it in a theater, everybody.
0: Don't say it in a theater. is cursed, which is the quote from one of the witches. By the pricking of my thumbs, something wicked this way comes. Love. (laughs) Book me, y'all. I'm good. So the credits roll and we get our title card, Cuentos de la Bruja. We approach a front door decorated with stone statues and gargoyles, and it opens and we meet our narrator, La Bruja, La Bruja. basically.
1: And a fucking and Uy horror.
0: Let's welcome back to the main stage, ladies and gentlemen, Uy horror, returning star, Maye Yokia.
1: Who we've seen in...
0: El vientre. El vientre.
1: And in, uy, 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 uy.
0: El, el el monstruo de los Andes, yes, lo, something. It's el, no el el terror de los Andes,
1: yes, something de Some los Andes. The Andes. Yeah. About that, the the incest monster. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes, the incest monster. The
1: fucking incest monster. Uy,
0: guacatela. Yeah. So, so that wel-
1: means gross, everybody. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so welcome back, Maya. she looks great. Oh my I gosh. I will say. Because we have a low budge situation, her outfit is... Caperucita. Caperucita Roja, Little yeah. Red Riding Hood. Pero también, like, they went to a Spirit Halloween and got, like, a princess outfit. It's
1: not giving you witch. No. She looks like Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah, I mean, she sure. looks adorable. Totally. She's not giving me the spooks, though. La
0: única cosa, her nails are crazy long mm-hmm. and, like, pointy and red. Pero, like... She looks lovely. She doesn't yeah. look very
1: witchy. I mean, I'm like, I'm just so glad to have her back that I'm yeah. like, you know, she you can't spook me, girl. No. You can't spook no. me. No.
0: <laughs> Especially because she's standing in front of this cauldron and she's stirring the cauldron with a PVC pipe. It's very obviously like, sure. a esta una un pipe. Yep. And uh, and it has a tiny little skull glued to the top of it.
1: I didn't like, even notice. oh my God. I mean, it's giving you, you know... Halloween haunted house vibes. Your neighbor down the street. Got a like, costume in a bag. You're, you go onto their front lawn, you open the door or they're on their front porch being like, "You would Happy you like Halloween.
0: some candy? Yeah. Like,
1: it's giving you that vibes, which me, you know, Halloween is my favorite holiday. I was like low budge to the max, but I'm feeling it. You sure. know, I was like, I'll take it. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> yes. So she <laughs> welcomes us in and tells us, she's going to tell us three historias de terror. And the first one begins in la oscuridad de la noche. Okay. The moon shines, and we get our intertitle, which reads Ciclo de Horror, which is the title of our story that we're about to see. So we see city streets, traffic, parks, people walking, a Chinese restaurant called a Chifa. It sounds like there's a band somewhere playing, but like sure. by a band, I mean like a trombone down the street kind of band. Sure. Like yeah. a honk, 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 honk. Ooh. And it's so loud, and we never see it.
1: This is a part I do not remember whatsoever. Okay, but
0: do you remember <laughs> that every sound and every song and every underscore was the loudest fucking music you've ever heard in your life? <laughs> I
1: do not remember that okay. whatsoever. I mean, well, you know... Also, not great sound design in this film. This is what I mean. Like everything,
0: every song or every sound is from a library, like a free music, basically. Oh, sure. It's a free music library, but it's not even like a good quality free music. Sure. It's literally Casio keyboard situation. I mean,
1: again, like we said, it's a low budge situation up in here.
0: So a a man in a suit and a briefcase is being followed by two
1: ruffians. Yes,
0: basically some skeevy dudes. And the man with the briefcase hears a noise, gets freaked out, and he brings his suitcase his like briefcase up to his chest. And then we see that these two men follow him into the shadows. One of them pulls out a gun. The other one pulls out a switchblade. This is how I will be calling these two men. gun. And switchblade. Great, yeah. The man with a briefcase tries to run, but he gets stabbed by switchblade. So we get an up close of his face, and like, my dude needs to floss. He oh. has got a bad case of gingivitis. Oh,
1: I didn't even know. Those notice.
0: gums were very Rough. swollen and oh, red, honey. and I'm like, bud. Just
1: a little floss at it's night. It's
0: time to floss it up.
1: Get up in there, clean it
0: out. So the, these two ruffians, gun and Switchblade, they laugh as this man with the briefcase falls down dead after getting stabbed by fucking Gums Magoo. And Switchblade takes the briefcase and the two men head into a hotel.
1: It felt like five minutes of laughing and up-close shots of laughing. And, like,
0: not good. It was like, ha-ha-ha-ha-ha.
1: No. Uh, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, this first segment... You're like, oh, this acting is rough. It is rough. And the thing is, too, like, it's bad acting that takes its time. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, guys, this
0: movie should have been 30 minutes long. I said this to you the first time I texted you. I was like, get ready,
1: dude. Well, I remember texting you, too, being like, because you were like, okay, I'm on my fourth try of trying to get through this film. And I was like, oh, okay, it can't be that bad. And then I started and I texted you after my fifth break. And I was like, well, yep, you are absolutely correct. Dude. It takes, listen, <laughs> it Man. took some time to get through this film. And it's not even that long. No, it's, it's not even that. Long. It's
0: less than an hour 30. Sure, sure. And still, I was like, this should have been just 30. Yep.
1: Okay. Speed it up with these lines. Speed yeah. them up.
0: So in a shitty hotel room, these men are counting the money from the briefcase. And there's a weird old timey cartoon song that's playing again too loudly that was like, na, 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 and I was like, what the fuck? It was this Betty Boop sounding kind wow. of like, Whoa,
1: and I was like I'm getting these like lost buried memories of watching this movie you <laughs> <laughs> right now.
0: I mean, I'm sorry, but I'm just going to have to shit all over this movie because everything not only is the music too loud, the ADR, that he's ADR'd everything. And the ADR is terrible. Sure.
1: Well, I did throughout the movie, you know how we like to try to find the bright spots in the film. Uh And... We never like to shit on the films, but when they're bad, they're bad. But throughout my notes, I did specifically, I was like, OK, I liked this. So uh-huh. I'll make sure to like highlight the things that I'm like, this was cool. Okay, I'll take it.
0: Great. I'll do my best for that as well.
1: <laughs> no, you go right ahead and shit all over <laughs> it. You go right ahead.
0: So Switchblade complains that this room is a dump and that there's rats in the bathroom. And Gunn says, no te preocupes, no muerden mucho. All right. So gun finishes counting the money. It's 10,000 pounds, pesos, dollars, pounds. <laughs> pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and Switchblade is super pumped. He's, and he's like, yeah, $5,000, not bad for a day of work. But gun is like, nah, dog, I found the dude with the money, so we're going 80-20. And Switchblade is like, uh, I'm sorry, but I killed the man, so you know it's a 50-50 situation or nothing and then he turns to him and says oh maybe mechelo con todo. and they stare each other down and de repente switchblade stabs gun right in the heart Oof. like it's that moment i was like whoa yeah. he was like stab really fast and as he's stabbing him gun shoots switchblade but switchblade tells him haha you only grazed me you stupid bitch so gun dies, and as he's dying, he says, don't worry, te estaré esperando, and he kicks the bucket.
1: Two things here. When we're saying they say, don't worry, te, te, I'll be waiting for you, it's literally like, don't worry, <laughs> I'll be waiting for you, <laughs> but also... Maybe you should have agreed to the terms of what you were doing before you murdered... A man. A man.
0: Yeah. Hello?
1: What the fuck is going on here? You
0: fucking idiots. (laughs) (laughs) So Switchblade takes Gun's body, after he's stabbed them and fallen on the ground, and puts it on the bed of this hotel room. And he's like, Ay, pero que ropa bien fina tienes. And he like, Switchblade takes... Gunn's jacket and pants, and uh, he grabs the money and dresses in Guns' outfit and gets the fuck out of this hotel. But not before turning to Gunn's dead body and saying, Te dejaré para las ratas. I'll leave you to the rats. OK. Hmm.
1: A little foreshadowing, perhaps.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Switchblade walks the streets until arriving at a new hotel. And the concierge leads him to his new room. Una de las mejores habitaciones.
1: The concierge was the scariest part of this film so far for me. <laughs> he gave me full creeps.
0: Sure. <laughs> uh, so Switchblade heads inside. When he opens the door to his room, it's the same room of the other hotel. And he's mm-hmm. like, what? And Gun is laying on the bed, dead still. Pero now... Guns has rats on his feet and they're like eating his flesh, the rats, which looked really
1: good. I agree. And it gets progressively worse throughout the short film, whatever the this first segment, and they fucking nailed it. I thought it looked great. Practical effects in this movie Mm -hmm. don't
0: Completely make up for the horrible acting and bad film that it is, but it does a good job at lifting it a lot.
1: Yes, 100%. At this point, I was like, oh, damn. Okay, absolutely. I'll take this. It looks fucking gross. Legit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So Switchblade is like, uh, weird, but I guess cool. I'll get it. I'm just going to get the fuck out of here. So he leaves he's obviously shaken he gets in a cab and he calls his sister to see if he can crash at her place since she's out of town so he arrives at his sister's house he opens the door and boom he's right back at his og hotel room y ahí están los pies muertos del fucking gun
1: big toe chewed down to the bones bone.
0: bones popping out of Ooh. the it, it almost looks like You know how in cartoons sometimes, like, if they'll chop off a finger, like, that little bony, like, skeleton is popping out? That's what it looks like. But, you know, toes. (laughs) So Switchblade obviously is like, what the fuck? And he runs into the night. He finds another hotel. This is a swanky one. And the reason we know that it's swanky is because there are a bunch of people in the lobby drinking champagne. The woman
1: in the red dress. There's (laughs) a red.
0: And they are fully wearing prom dresses. Oh,
1: la mujer in the red dress. (laughs) Girl, who gave you that dress?
0: Totally. (laughs) And in case we haven't figured out through context clues that this is a fancy place, Mm -hmm. Switchblade lets us know by nodding and saying, muy elegante. (laughs) (laughs) So he goes to the front desk, and the guy behind it looks familiar because it's the concierge of the other hotel that he went to that Johnny hated. Creepy ass man. (laughs) And Switchblade is like, Give me your best room, pero no ratas, capisce? Now, okay, so this movie is made by Un Gringo. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: And you can tell in the script. That this is a man whose Spanish isn't his first language. Oh, sure. It feels very much like somebody. It feels like somebody who's like, I know these words from Spanish classes or I've put it through Google Translate. So hearing native speakers say these words, and not only native speakers saying words that don't really fit, but like horrible acting on top of it. It's so bad and
1: it drags. It's
0: oof, tough. Capiche? Like, oh, like. Oh boy. Oh my God. Okay. So the dude. So switchblade is like. Mi nombre es señor Smith.
1: Oh no! I didn't. Oh, wow! Missed like, it.
0: Señor Smith. And again, aquí en esta parte. The music is so fucking loud and it's like ding 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 do we're a fancy hotel, so we're playing jazz. But <laughs> it's like it's a looped segment. So mm-hmm. it's you keep hearing ding dang ding and I'm like Maybe that mierda. was
1: on purpose to just like do, you know, cause we're like clearly in a cycle of terror here maybe that was a directorial choice it's possible just to drive eileen mad fucking crazy um,
0: <laughs> but then suddenly this library of the internet music stops and all the fancy people that were standing in the lobby drinking champagne turn and they're like staring at him and he rubs his eyes but then they're back to normal. Oh, how weird. I wonder what's going on. So off he goes to his new room, accompanied by a bellboy whose jacket is too small for his body. And in he opens the door, and in the room, surprise, the same old room as before, the same dead feet. Switchblade slams the bellboy into the wall, and he's like, mira, esta es una broma enferma. Again, see, like, this is... Oh. <laughs> Like, is this a sick joke? Is the oh, fucking line. No. You know what I mean? Yes. And then you hear.
1: That is not a thing.
0: Es una broma enferma? And I'm like, no. No, dude, that's not how it works.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so he demands another room. He points down the hall. He's like, you're going to give me that fucking room. So the bellboy's like, all right. So he lets him in. Pero de nuevo, las ratas y los pies muertos. So finally, Switchblade is like, ¿Qué me está pasando? ¿Qué está pasando? Why do I keep coming back to this room? And then the body on the bed starts to get up.
1: I'm not going to lie. That creeped me out yeah. when it started to move.
0: Because this whole time we're not seeing Gunn's head. It's only his legs like from his knees down. So at this point, we just see the legs like kind of Ugh. get up. It's yeah. creepy.
1: It was creepy.
0: And Switchblade is like, pero estás muerto. And gun now half rotted, a missing eye. Great effect, Ve- dude. The makeup on this guy looks so solid. Great, like, really good. It
1: was really good.
0: Yeah. And gun responds. Sí, pero recuerda lo que te dije. Te estaré esperando. And he laughs evilly as the other men that we've met, the businessman, the concierge and the bellboy walk into this hotel room. I think they're meant to have like grayish skin, but Mm -hmm. I don't think they put enough on because they just look oddly pale. So Switchblade threatens them with his Switchblade. But Gunn is like, do you know where you are? You're in the jungle, baby! That's not what he says. But do you know where you are? You're in fucking El Infierno. That's where you are. And you're going to spend all of eternity recreating your crime here with me. And Switchblade is like, but I'm not dead, dude. And Gunn says, well, remember when I shot you? It didn't graze you. It was actually a direct hit, and you bled to death, my guy. And this is where everyone starts laughing. Oh. And not just the men... Because the men all point at Twitchblade right. and start to laugh. But Switchblade starts to laugh too, and they're all just standing there laughing for too fucking long.
1: Oh my god. And forever. it gets so
0: awkward. Because again, let me remind you that this is horrible acting and they're just like, ah,
1: ha, 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 ah, ha, 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 Well that's ah, ha, 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 that's like the uh, the thing is that this could be creepy you know this like eternal laughter situation but instead it just makes you uncomfortable for them yeah because you're like oh my god you're just i can't even imagine how awkward it must have been in that room to just be like okay keep going keep going and it's like are we are we done yet yeah are we done
0: yeah like that's these, kind
1: of uncomfortable because
0: the men aren't Committed.
1: Exactly. And so you're just like, you're like, okay, we're done. We're good. Thank you. I feel uncomfortable for you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's so awkward. And that's how this story ends. You're just like, oh, okay.
1: (laughs) At the end of all these stories, I wrote, don't murder people or steal. That's the the moral of this story. Great moral.
0: (laughs) So we're back to La Bruja with her little red riding hood, and she's still stirring the shit in her cauldron with her PVC pipe. And a new story begins. We see an old radio. And it's playing. Oh, my God, dude. I literally can't get over how horrible
1: and annoying the music was
0: in this how, fucking movie. You know what
1: may, what, I, what? I think maybe I didn't notice is because I don't think I watch this with headphones, which is what I usually do. Uh, and so I just I just I didn't have it all like on full blast or something. dude. I didn't even realize.
0: Because especially in this story. This radio is playing a shitty, unlicensed version of 12 Days of Christmas.
1: Which I was like, oh, a Christmas horror story. But
0: no, no? it has nothing to do with anything.
1: (laughs) Not, Not at all.
0: Our title card appears and the name of this story is Experimento de Terror. And it's based by the comic Haunted Thrills by Carl Burgos. So in the background of this radio that we're focused on, a man in a lab coat rolls in a woman in a wheelchair who seems to be like going in and out of consciousness. Like she's like groping and lifting and drooping. And the man, this is all in a blur because the focus is on the radio again. The man pulls out a syringe, injects the woman with something. She starts to convulse and then seemingly falls over and dies. The man in the lab coat, who is obviously upset by this, pulls out a tape recorder thingy and is like, patient 013X has had an unexpected, an unexpected allergic reaction and unfortunately expired. And you're like, "Okay, I think that was more than an allergic reaction, (laughs) my dude. And then uh, from the radio, a gringo ass voice is like. Son las doce de la noche, diez de diciembre. And
1: this is why I was like, why did I write this note? And I wrote, why does this radio announcer sound like me? Now it makes sense. Yeah, because it
0: was, I'm pretty sure that's probably Mike Lydon. Oh,
1: sure. Being yeah. like,
0: estamos escuchando la radio. Yeah. Y ahora la pro- <laughs> nuestra próxima canción.
1: Ay, Dios mío.
0: And Silent Night starts to play. But it's... Again, a horrible version of some random. It sounds like a 12 year old girl, like right out of fucking her math class being like silent night. Huh? I, don't know. I was like, bro, I'm going to blow my brains out.
1: Oh, no.
0: So the man in the fucking lab coat walks over now to the radio we've been focused on and he stands there. Waggling his finger, you know like a like um oh
1: like he's a, con- a like conductor. he's a conductor mm-hmm.
0: we listen to the entire first stanza of Silent Night, Holy night, with this horrible voice, and just looking at this man oh, conducting Lord. the song with his finger, I could not
1: <laughs> so this this is the thing where it's like <laughs> I hear at week horror. When it when it is your job to take the notes, unfortunately, sometimes when you're like, because taking notes is not easy. No, because you have to
0: really pay attention. You to really details have to pay attention.
1: Stuff. You have to watch the movies more than once. Mm-hmm. You really like, and it is very time consuming. So when there are moments like this, I can see why you were so frustrated. So because, frustrated. You know, I definitely know when I'm just like, even a movie that I'm like, okay, it was fine, I enjoyed it, but when I'm sometimes it's just like, okay, yeah. Por favor, now we're just wasting time. Yeah.
0: Now we're at a restaurant and a couple is looking through a paper for a place to rent. And everything seems to be too expensive. Again, la música a todo mamón. In this version or in this section of the movie, the song that's a todo mamón is fa la 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 la." But like, again, Casio. Mm -hmm. It's like Mm ding, 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 ding. And you're like... I'm trying to eat a meal. Can you fucking <laughs> please turn uh. it down? Okay. So the the man in the couple, because this is a heterosexual couple, BT dubs, the man decides to check the app on his phone to see if there's anything in there. And look, two bedrooms, one bath, 200 bucks a month, which, oh, hey, oh. excuse me.
1: <laughs> I'm moving to Lima, Peru. Goodbye. Now. <laughs>
0: But the caveat is couples only, they must be serious and they must be in love, which is an odd request to have. Yeah. But the woman is like, yeah, that does seem weird. But hey, we're in love, right? So sure. And then the man says this line. Está bien, futura esposa.
1: Oh, Oh, that's why. That's why I wrote literally in my notes I just wrote future wife and like twenty question marks (laughs) after it. Dude! (laughs) Oh my god, it's all making sense now.
0: (laughs) So está bien futura esposa. So they go check out this. If anybody
1: ever says that to you.
0: (laughs) I will divorce them. (laughs) And I know we're not even married yet.
1: Oh, future divorce. Yeah,
0: exactly. So now we're back to the man in the lab in the (laughs) <laughs> and the man in the lab in the coat <laughs> back to the man in the lab coat he is still waggling his finger but what at this point okay <laughs> oh my god dude <laughs> <laughs> the song that's playing and he's waggling uh-huh. his fucking conductor finger at is an instrumental version of Macklemore's <gasps> When I Was Young, I Thought That I Was Gay. Yeah, 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 <laughs> the, yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Way, way, whoa. I don't know. The- yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's totally that song, but <laughs> only the fling. Wow! Yes, yes,
1: I remember what yes got it.
0: dong. And then literally, some there's like a background where somebody's like, "Yeah!" Or "Uh." I
1: this was a very strange moment for me where I fully expected Lab Coat to break out into song. (laughs) For a moment, I was like, "It feels like this is where we're going." Yeah, I wish we had. Unfortunately, not. But you know.
0: So as he's waggling his song, his finger. To fucking Macklemore, the man is interrupted by a doorbell. So he goes to answer the door, but he goes in the wheelchair, which we've seen that he is not wheelchair Mm -hmm. bound. But Mm -hmm. to answer the door, he does. And he's got one cloudy eye. His lab coat is stained with faded blood. And he's got quite obviously press on nails. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Why? Who knows? And not even like not scary. Horrible ugly ones they're like square shaped yeah. like they might as well be french tip fucking nails. Yeah. It was so weird. So it's the couple obviously and he invites the couple in. He's like, "Oh, come on in. The apartment's on the second floor. Go ahead. The couple heads up there to see and after looking around, they're like, for 200 bucks a month, we'd be really stupid not to take
1: it. Oh, but this is a no. But this is a this no, folks. This man is your. You got to live with this dude. No.
0: So downstairs, the three of them are working out logistics of this apartment over a cup of tea. And the man in the lab coat is like, you can move in today if you like. He's no. like very eager, which the man and the couple is like, mm, I don't know. Give us a few days. But then the couple starts feeling weird and they're both like oh no me siento bien no me siento bien and they pass out at the table. Shocker. Uh, yeah, obviously <laughs> making the man in the lab coat laugh evilly with his cloudy eye and Lee Pressons. <laughs> so now we see the couple from above through a grate and in a really tight space. Oof. And the woman wakes up and she shakes the man awake and she's like where are we dónde estamos and above them a bell dings. And it's the man in the lab coat looking down at them. ¿Qué no se has hecho? What did you do to us? She says to the man in the lab coat. And he's like, well, I drugged you and I put you in the cell. And uh, I'll let you out when my experiment is finished. You are now the subjects of my experiment, amor contra el hambre. <laughs> and then the man in the couple says, ¿Qué te parece mi puño contra tu cara?
1: <laughs> oh, line of the film. Uh, okay. <laughs> keep going. Keep so going. So
0: the couple, they're like s- screaming for help. Ayuda! Ayuda! Por favor, ayuda! Pero de nuevo, okay.
1: No commitment. No
0: commitment. They might as well have been like, ayuda. They,
1: I, that, Oye, I, wrote, I was like, ayuda. nobody can hear you scream Bro, because you're not screaming
0: loud enough. Barely the man in the lab coat can yeah. hear you scream and scream he's right above louder. you.
1: Ay. socorro, um, <laughs> auxilio. Auxilio.
0: But the man in the lab coat assures them that no one will hear them. And obviously, because they're not even loud, but that the experiment will show uh, who has the will to survive. And if it's stronger than love, you'll starve to the point of desperation. And we'll see if love really does conquer all. Y la mujer... Is like, boy, we love each other deeply. And Lab Code is like, great, awesome, then let's start this experiment. And uh he pieces out. Oh. <laughs> the woman is like, vuelve, vuelve, Oye, no volver. Vuelve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, not even close to that. <laughs> Would love that, but then she notices that above the grate is a security camera mm. which obvi lab coat can see from his office. A few days go by and the couple is still down in that little dungeon. The lab coat lets them know that hey, I'm going to go out of town for a few days and he leaves them a squeeze bottle of water which the couple are like "please" and lab coat laughs and pieces out. Another few days go by and Lab Coat returns and he goes to check on the couple still in the dungeon and he tells them, Wake up, I've brought you something to eat. Una barra de pan. Which the man reaches up towards the grate, grabs it, and starts scarfing and like refusing to share with the woman, even as she's begging. She's like, Por favor, dame un pedazo, mouse igual a gran puta. What the hell? But then the man like checks himself. He's like, oh, sorry, I've lost myself for a moment. Here, take the bread.
1: Love almost lost.
0: Yes. So in his office, Labco is on the phone with someone named Dr. West and he claims that after he's proven his theory, everyone in the academy will remember his name, Emil Chadwick. Emil (laughs) Chadwick. Emil Chadwick. And by the way, this whole time on the phone, he's waggling his finger at the fucking radio still, all while in heaven mm-hmm. That's the song that's so, playing. Uh, but, voz es una ding ding Casio ding de nuevo, keyboard. Casio keyboard. Again, super loud. Suddenly, Labcoat hears a crash and he clicks on his security camera feed and he sees that the grate to his dungeon is open. <gasps> And in that same shot, the woman's face appears in the camera. Very ring, like el pelo and yeah. la cara, and like yeah. creepy one eye kind of grudgy situation. And she walks out of frame. Lab coat grabs his machete that's right there, convenient, sure. and goes to investigate. He looks around the house and when he gets to the dungeon, he looks down into the hole and he sees the woman like disappear into the darkness, which was really spooky. That was
1: a great shot. And she, I mean, this is a woman who for, you know, for 10 minutes now has been like, Vuelve. (laughs) <laughs> Auxilio. But I was like, ooh, girl, nailed it. Yeah. Nailed this, just like creepily looking up at him. Because and... so
0: she's got big eyes. Yeah. So, like, the eyes really did I'm the say, job. I say,
1: out of all the performances in this film, aside from Maya, this woman did the best. Agreed. She and did the that's best. saying a lot. It, uh, yes, <laughs> it absolutely is.
0: So, Labcoat leans down and he's like, Ike, cease this? And suddenly, a grab, like, an arm comes out of the hole and pulls lab coat into the hole, which I jumped.
1: Oh, yeah. Fully.
0: Crazy. And she pulls the top half of his body into the hole and we hear crunching and munching and we see his legs shaking and blood is exploding out of the hole. Yeah.
1: This was actually pretty good. This was fucking awesome. Just like geyser of blood flinging legs. Totally. It was great.
0: Little legs going and then little by little his body is going deeper and deeper in the hole until finally both the feet like drop into the hole and a huge belch echoes from out of it end of story
1: moral of the story don't, don't be trap people in a hole or they will cannibalize you boom
0: perfect was, moral look, this,
1: <laughs> this little segment again not great but it did kind of made me feel claustrophobic that like being sure. trapped down there I was like "Ooh, this is stressing me out Yeah. and then like that final thing of this dude just getting chomped on and like eaten into a geyser of blood solid yeah solid not bad a good time Back to the Bruja.
0: She's reading a book called Hechizos. Just spells. Spells. (laughs) (laughs) And turns out she's still missing some ingredients from Mm. her uh, cauldron soup when suddenly her doorbell rings. It's trick or treaters.
1: Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy
0: Halloween, pero not even like. (laughs) Mira, in Latino America, We don't really trick or treat. No, no. Halloween wasn't really a thing. It might be now because... Maybe if you
1: like go to the American school or something. But not even that
0: because... (laughs) Quick story. When I was in Brazil when my dad was sick two years ago, it was around October. Mm -hmm. And on Mm -hmm. Halloween... The doorbell rang and I opened the door and there was a little girl dressed as a witch and she was like "tricor treach in oh, <laughs> her little Brazilian accent mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, honey, we don't have anything. Sorry. I like, <laughs> you came to the wrong apartment, bro. Oh no." But that was the only little girl that mm-hmm. came up mm-hmm. and like we lived in an or they live in an apartment building, so who knows like what the deal is. But sure. all, growing up in Brazil and in Nicaragua. Like, trick-or-treating in Nicaragua is La Purísima, which is in December when you go door-to-door to to people's houses and sing to La Virgen María. It has nothing to do with Halloween.
1: Yeah, the only the only Halloween <laughs> that I experienced growing up there was like because I went to like an American the school. The American school yeah. would be like they would do like a Halloween fair or yeah. like you could dress up for the day and come to school. But like in the neighborhood? No. Nada.
0: And hilariously, like these kids when they show up at La Bruja's door, they don't say trick-or-treat, they say Halloween.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do this Halloween. I'm just gonna Halloween. knock on people's door and be like, Halloween. <laughs>
0: Just letting people know.
1: <laughs> Halloween. B- B- BT
0: dubs, Halloween, right? Am Not I Not right? even a happy one. No, Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> so, La Bruja's fucking pumped because here are four missing <gasps> ingredients for mm-hmm. her. One is dressed as a spooky skeleton. The other one is a little pig. The other one, a vampire. And by dressed, I mean he's wearing a cape and there's a mask over his sure. face that mm-hmm. is a vampire. And the last one is a little girl that literally is wearing cualquier outfit of the day with a mouse mask over her head.
1: It gave me... Have you seen the movie Trick or Treat? No. We gotta fucking watch it. It's great. But it gave me Trick or Treat vibes. Like kind of like old school Halloween costumes. Sure. Where instead of like, I'm gonna paint your face, it's just like, I'm Put gonna a slap mask a cheap on. mask on your face. Yeah,
0: for sure. The only one that wasn't wearing a mask was the little pig who they kept cutting to. And that kid was like, I am over this. <laughs> Can you fucking get me out of here? Adorable. Oh, his face was like, Andate a la mierda.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck you, mom. Why'd you make me do this movie? That
0: mom of that kid definitely was like the wardrobe person or whatever. She's like, like, Smile. smile." smile. And that kid was like, Eat a dick. (laughs) I'm out of here. So, anyways, La Bruja lures them inside with promises of chocolate cake. And then she basically intros into the next story, which is Bon Appetit. Oh, boy. Bone apple Tit. which is based on a comic, I guess, called Chef's Delight by Ruth Roche. A cleaver smashes down on some chicken. Some potatoes are being chopped. An onion is being chopped also with the skin still on, which made me insane. I was like, that's not how you chop a fucking onion.
1: Listen, <laughs> Eileen knows how to cook, so listen to her with listen, these culinary rules.
0: Don't you fucking chop an onion with the skin still on if you're going to saute it. Anyways, so then we see sauteing. <laughs> <laughs> so then we see sauteing, flambeying. Okay, esta música fue la peor música because it was...
1: Oh, Out of all all these, you know, segments, this one, maybe it's because I was like, okay, we're getting to the end. And I was just like, okay, I'm ready to be done. But this one was tough to get through. This one was rough. But for me, it was because of the character you were about to introduce (laughs) us to, who I just cannot. I cannot with him.
0: Dude. Okay. Here we go. So we still over this fucking fake magic flute opera shit. Like this woman is like, "Ah, ah, 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 ah," and we're (laughs) watching stewing chicken, a mixer mixing, cans being opened, And we see a plate with a dish cooked on top of it and a little flag on a skewer stabbed into this stewed chicken dish that reads Francoise. Famous escabeche de pollo. Now, as you know, fancy restaurants always... Put in a little skewer with a flag with Every the name fancy of their restaurant
1: dish. I've been to, absolutely. absolutely. If it's served to me without a flag, I'll say, This is not a fancy establishment and I am leaving.
0: And how will I know what I am eating if it's and not who written? It? Yes, correct. <laughs> how dare you? I am a food reviewer. <laughs> oh
1: my God. You should be.
0: Thank you. I should. So we follow this plate with the flag on as it's being delivered to a table to another dish whose flag reads François's famous seco de pollo. Ay. Bueno pues, que alegría. Que delicia. En la cocina, the head chef, a.k.a. François, mm-hmm. yells at his staff. Idiotas, you've ruined my pate. And which looks like fucking cat food, bro.
1: <laughs> it probably is, honestly. They echaron cheaper. cat
0: food a un plato, and they put a fucking sprig of perejil on that shit. And he, like, goes to taste it. Like, if you look closely, he just touches the plate. He doesn't even come close to the food. And he uses his pinky. He puts it up to his tongue, barely. And he's like, Tu, tu, tu. Idiotas. And I was like, oh
1: no. Here we go with this guy. Here this we go. This guy? The worst. This
0: fucking guy. The
1: worst. <sighs>
0: So he's like, I don't know why I hired these principiantes, these like fucking shitty pieces of shit. Like mm-hmm. you are you all are fucking assholes. He looks into a teeny tiny mirror that has like a, a crown on it. And he's Ugh. looking at, into it and he's like, oh, you're only good for washing my dishes. I'm like basically very arrogant, grandiose. Like, the worst. I, uh, just the worst. But what's hilarious is that the two sous chefs that he's yelling at are in the background and they're like, oh, rolling their (laughs) eyes like not this fucking guy again (laughs) with his fucking bullshit. And when Francois leaves the kitchen, the male sous chef turns to the lady sous chef and he's like, he just loves to hear himself talk, bro. And they're like, yeah, fuck this guy. So at least we can like commiserate Mm -hmm. with the sous chefs. So Francois goes out onto the restaurant floor and he gets a fucking ovation. Everybody's clapping at him. It gave me vibes of when I went to the Beauty and the Beast castle and every 10 minutes Beast came out and we were having to clap at him. I was like, this is that.
1: I'm done clapping. I'm ready to eat.
0: (laughs) Beast, we get it. You live here. (laughs) So now we're in the back of a car and Francois reads a magazine with himself on the cover. Again, otra ópera a todo mamón. You're
1: just like, dude. I just couldn't with his hat. Oh, God, he's wearing a fedora,
0: and it is so small and horrible. I
1: don't understand what it is with men wearing. Look, look, a fedora fedora is great.
0: But there are certain ones. There
1: are certain, like for me, it's the fedora look that's like, I'm chill, not like dressed. No, not like dressed nicely, where a, ha- a hat will look nice. Yeah, a fedora. This is like, I'm a beachy guy. I'm chill, and I wear like fedoras and cargo shorts, and I'm just like, <laughs> that's what Francois is giving me, and I simply won't.
0: It's very frustrating to uh, look
1: at. <laughs> they did this on purpose. Oh, that horrible totally hat.
0: So he arrives at an apartment with flowers, and he's calling out for Babette. Hola, Babette. Soy yo, Francois. And on a chair, he sees a sassy G-string, which he lifts up, and he does a cheesy, like, oh, yeah, with his face, which I was like, I "I want to throw myself off of a bridge. And look, look. A woman comes in wearing a negligee, very sexy, seductive. It's Babette. And she's like, querido, these flowers. Oh, my God. Immediately, barely says hello. And she's like, today I saw a diamond necklace. It's beautiful. And he's like, oh, yeah, baby girl, anything you want, I'll fucking get it for you. My name is Francois, and I am the king of the world. Don't you worry. And she's like, look at my hat. Look at my hat. And then she's like, oh, Francois. Por favor, ven a mi cuarto. And he's like, "Oh, yeah, I will." And I was like, "I <laughs> I want to throw my computer into traffic."
1: <laughs> oh, yep. So We're almost there.
0: Almost there. So it's nighttime and Francois arrives at another house and there's a woman watching from the window. And he goes inside, and the woman comes out from a room being like, Aha, y ahora, what's your excuse tonight, Francois? Where have you been? Our son needs clothes for the winter. And Francois is like, uh, money's tight, okay? So that kid can just suck it up. And the wife is like, don't you care about your son? And fucking Francois says, no podía importarme menos. Which is fucked. I wow. couldn't care less about my shitty son that mm-hmm. needs clothes for the winter. And he turns around and he fucking hits his wife hasta que le sacó sangre en la boca, like fucking smacks the shit out of her. And their son comes out in a ratty T-shirt.
1: This was <laughs> ridiculous. Okay. okay. The house that they picked to film this sequence was a lovely home. Sure. A lovely home. The wife... Put together in clothes that are normal. yeah. And then out comes the sun, withered, pale, in rags. (laughs) I'm like, uh, what? Yeah, what? What? This this is not working.
0: No, like this kid looks like he should have been living in the streets for a couple weeks.
1: (laughs) exactly. Yeah. Like, what's going on here?
0: It's nuts. And he goes out to meet Babette. At a fancy hotel, he gives Babette... The fancy diamond necklace that she asked. Are you sure it's not too much? Oh, nothing too expensive for my babette. Great. But then he's like, listen, I gotta go. Sorry, my bad. Uh, But don't worry. Soon enough, I'm gonna leave that bruja and we can be together. Cut to the wife being like, Tu hijo está enfermo. He needs a doctor. And in comes the kid. Again, looking fucked up. Extra pale this time. Me duele el estómago, papá. And then this fucking dude, legit, hands the kid a bottle of Tums. Oh
1: yeah, mm-hmm. with the with the label turned away, yes, just in case. Please, yep.
0: And the wife is like, "Dude, he throws up everything he eats. He's weak. He needs a doctor." And Francois is like, "I'm leaving. I'm going to hotel because y'all won't let me sleep. Goodbye." And he leaves. Ooh,
1: wow, fuck. <laughs> This man. Yeah, what an asshole. Fuck this guy.
0: So the wife puts the boy to bed and she calls a doctor. And she, But this time she's like promising the doctor, listen, yes, I know. I'm going to pay this time, I swear. A little later, the doctor comes by and he comes out of the boy's room to talk to the wife. And he legitimately comes into the room shaking his head, like basically saying, your kid died.
1: I wrote here <laughs> with... 5,000 question marks Wait, is this kid Dead? The
0: kid is dead He's dead. That kid's dead Oh, okay. Okay, so A twist. So, well, the kid <laughs> fucking dies And um this
1: is Terrible <laughs>
0: So the wife runs to the boy's room and she's crying at his body's bedside, you're basically. Dead. And then she looks up and she makes a face of <sighs> revenge. I'm gonna say this. Mm-hmm. The way that you said that uh La Senora del Couple was in the hole was, yeah. the hole was yeah. your was the better one. For me, it was this lady. Great. I, I thought love it. this lady did a a decent job. That's it.
1: It's decent. like it wasn't all good. No. But there were moments where you're like, okay, I'm feeling it. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Yes,
0: I will say that this revenge face that she makes, I was like, "Yes, oh, okay."
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, you're feeling it?" Nope. No, okay, no, 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 not, the, not a good face.
0: Everything else, she's like crying, she's upset, and then she looks up and she's like, she like kind of moves her jaw around. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's like
1: classic <laughs> like comic I will book get revenge him. face, yeah. yeah.
0: More belting opera plays. <laughs> it was, I don't, I, I was haunted by it because that's what it sounded like. It was
1: haunted by opera.
0: I was like, why are we like swinging up? I, I can't. <laughs> And we see that the light in the kitchen of the closed restaurant is on and there's Francois and he's making his pate while on the phone with Babette. And he's like, oh, at least these idiots aren't here to get in my way for me to make my world famous pate. And this man's uh, he his performance like okay the character is bad is supposed to be awful and frustrating and a and a dick hole mm-hmm. Pero este hombre,
1: oh. he's he's not doing himself any favors no. here yeah but you know i guess he he made it happen but also like
0: chewing the scenery yeah that's it's the thing. just like
1: oh god i'm so ready to not have to look at this guy anymore <laughs>
0: Everybody else is kind of like middle of the road. This guy is like amping it up. So yes. we have a little bit of every kind of performance that you could ask
1: Absolutely. for. Absolutely. Which, you know, I guess like, cool, you made us really dislike you. Yeah. You did it. Which is Nailed the point. Yep. Yeah.
0: So we see a POV shot of someone slowly entering the restaurant. And in the kitchen, we see that it's Françoise's wife. She's come in. She's grabbed a cleaver and he turns and he like gets spooked by her and he's like "Ebi, what are you doing here?" And she lifts that cleaver and says "Quiero matarte." <laughs> and then she screams "Esto es por mi hijo." And then through on the shadows of the wall, we see her basically cleave this dude in the skull, which looks pretty solid. Yeah. And if we're talking like old-timey comics vibe this looked like a square in a comic yeah totally like in the shadows just like the handle of the cleaver sticking out of somebody's head decent but then we actually see francois falling into like the kitchen stuff and he like emerges from a dark pocket with the actual cleaver in his head bleeding through it looks fucking great great solid Francois falls down dead and his little wife laughs and laughs. Finally, she's gotten rid of this horrible man.
1: I mean, I'd be laughing too. Yeah.
0: And she says, (gasps) It's the next day and the sous chefs come into work. They notice that the door is unlocked and they're calling out to Francois to make sure if he's there. No one answers. The lady sous chef goes into the kitchen while the dude sous chef goes elsewhere to try and find Francois. But he doesn't get very far before hearing Lady Sous Chef scream, Ay, Dios mio, (laughs) François! He runs into the kitchen, and there is François in pieces presented like his most famous dishes. And on the table, we see a bunch of plates with different body parts, and the little flags with things that say, like, François's famous Cesos Fritos, which is fried brains. And it's just his skull opened up with his brain exposed. And then the other one was Francois's famous Corazon Relleno. And it's just a plate with a heart on it. <laughs> Fade out to the sound of the sous chefs full on retching in the background. They're like, hoo, hoo, and I'm like, really? This is how we're ending it? Okay.
1: Moral of the story. Don't be a dick.
0: Boom. And we're back to the bruja again and she's still adding shit to her cauldron. The clock strikes midnight and the bruja is super pumped because we will witness her satanic conjuring. Rise, my children, she says. And from behind her, the trick-or-treaters that were once children have now transformed into horrible giant versions, like monster versions of their costumes. So we see a horrible oozy skeleton, a rat person, a pig person, and a horrible vampire. And La Bruja sends them shuffling out into the world. Avancen mis preciosas creaciones y abracen la obscuridad para siempre. And then her door slams shut on us. And you would think that that's the final de la película. Oh, boy. Pero no. In a cemetery, which is totally El Cementerio General.
1: From, oh my God, amazing. From El Cementerio General, Mm -hmm.
0: body shelves and all, the fucking columbarium, for those of you that don't know, check out our episode on El Cementerio General. (laughs) We see the Bruja's horrible new creatures skipping down the aisles of the cemetery, holding up body pieces, like one holds up a head, the other one a foot, de la película. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nicely done. Thank Nicely you. done. How oh, about boy. we get into some trivia? Let's do it. Okay, this is my trivia for today. What are pre-code horror comics?
0: Yeah, tell us.
1: Let's talk about them. So this is from bleedingcool.com. It's an article written by Mark Seifert. It says here, there's an entire lost world of vintage comics out there, which is known to historians as pre-code horror, an unregulated era from the late 40s to the early 50s before the industry was forced to self-censor with the Comics Code Authority. Let's talk about that. The Comics Magazine Association of America adopted its code on October 26th of 1954. After public campaigns by Frederick Wortham (laughs) and others against horror crime and risque comic books. This moral panic led to televised hearings during which Wortham and comic book industry figures testified before the U.S. Senate. Wow. Conforming with Comics Magazine Association of America, code guidelines became a de facto requirement to get distribution to news dealers in the U.S. And comics that received pre-publication approval from code administrators carried the Comics Code Authority seal on their covers. There are so many C's in this story. Okay. Okay. Code approval required strict adherence to a number of guidelines that covered violent, sexual, and lurid content. In the area of horror, such guidelines included scenes of excessive violence shall be prohibited. Scenes of brutal torture, excessive and unnecessary knife and gunplay, physical agony, gory, and gruesome crime shall be eliminated. Hmm. No comic magazine shall use the word horror or terror in its title.
0: Really? Come on, I mean, guys. come on.
1: All scenes of horror, excessive bloodshed, gory or gruesome crimes, depravity, lust, sadism, masochism shall not be permitted.:
0: This is all very much like um like in Hollywood when they did the um, whatever it was called. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, same era,
0: too. that makes sense.:
1: All lurid, unsavory, gruesome illustrations shall be eliminated. <laughs> Inclusion of stories dealing with evil shall be used or shall be published only where the intent is to illustrate a moral issue and in no case shall evil be presented alluringly, nor so as to injure the sensibilities of the reader. Really? Oh, my God.
0: My sensibilities. My
1: sensibilities are so sensitive. Scenes dealing with or instruments associated with Walking Dead, torture, vampires and vampires purism ghouls cannibalism and werewolfism are prohibited
0: wow literally everything
1: just everything all of it every single damn thing you can't do it all right so that is just a little bit about pre-code horror comics Let's talk about Ruth Roche. I assume that's how you
0: I think that's what say her
1: name. So I found this from Wikipedia. It says here, Ruth Ann Roche, born February eighteenth of nineteen seventeen. She was an Aquarius. Unfortunately, she passed away on May fourth of nineteen eighty-three. She was also credited as R. A. Roche and Rod Roche because, again, this was a while ago. So you know, she had
0: to pretend to be a dude to pretend to be a dude thing.
1: She was a writer and editor in the golden age of comic books. Cool. She wrote such features as Phantom Lady, Senorita Rio, Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, Kanga, and Camilla. She also wrote the female-led adventure newspaper strip Flamingo, drawn by Matt Baker and syndicated by Universal Phoenix Feature Syndicate. In 1944, she created the kismet Man of Fate, the first Muslim superhero published in the comic book Bomber Comics from Elliott Publishing Company, which cool. is very cool. Yeah. Just a little bit more about her that I found from pulpartist.com. Apparently, she was born in Holyoke, Massachusetts. In 1940, she moved to New York City to seek her fortune as a writer and editor. She lived in Flushing, Queens. Hey,
0: that's with her right by aunt, me. That's
1: right by Eileen, with her aunt Jean Roche. In 1940, Ruth Roche began to work with Samuel M. Jerry Iger. So this dude, Iger, also ran an advertising company as well as one of the earliest comic art studios, the Eisner and Iger Shop, with his business partner, Will Eisner. In 1944, Eisner left the, the partnership to seek his fortune as the creator of The Spirit, which is another comic strip. And at that point... Iger's company was reorganized as Roche and Iger with Ruth Roche as partner, business manager, and executive editor. We're talking 44.
0: Dang, lady. Way to go. Bad bitch. Yeah, totally. Very, very cool. Get Joe Comics here.
1: Get Ruth Roche's comics here. Or Rod Roche's, I guess, back in the 40s. (laughs) She edited six romance confession magazines under a variety of pen names, such as Miss Martin, Miss Bennett. Miss Adams, Miss Thorpe, Agnes Wilson, and the marriage clinic, it says. Sure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and the marriage clinic.
1: After the devastation of the comic book industry, I assume after this the code, yeah. she found work as an editor and script writer for the television cartoons Felix the Cat and Huckleberry Hound.
0: Whoa.
1: This is so random, but whatever, we'll talk about it. In 1958, she rented a cottage in Montauk, New York, on the remotest tip of the Southern Fork of Long Island. In 1959, the East Hampton Star reported her purchase of one half acre for $4,000, where she built her dream home on South Del Rey Road in Montauk. Good for you, girl.
0: For $4,000, bro? Dream home oh for $4,000. Wow. Hard times. <laughs> Seriously.
1: Her closest companion in her final years was a colorful local personality, Peter Pantsless. No, 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 no. What? <laughs> Peter Pantsless. Peter Panteles. Pantels. <laughs> Peter Pantels. Peter
0: Pantless. Peter
1: Pantsless. <laughs> Pan Panteles, who owned the popular Montauk wine and liquor store. Ooh, uh- During the cold winter months, they traveled south to a second home in Sebastian, Florida. Nice. Sounds like a nice life. Very, very nice life. Okay. Let's talk very, very briefly about Al Eade? Eade? Well, anyway, this is from Lambiek.net, L-A-M-B-I-E-K.net. And it says here, so he basically, he wrote the cycle of terror thing Uh back in the day. So it says there, I tried to find more about him, but I couldn't. But I found this small thing here from Lambiek.net. Al Eabe worked as a freelance comic book artist in the 40s and 50s, among others, through the Simon Kirby Studio. For feature comics, he did art on Western and romance stories and on titles like Black Magic and Fighting American. He illustrated crime and horror features for Harvey and Ace periodicals and was present in many 1950s Atlas romance, Western and mystery titles. And apparently some of these comics that he worked for were Astonishing Comics, Marvel Tales, Journey into Unknown Worlds and Love Romances. And I found this at com, and it, it looks like it's an auctioneer for, you know, all sorts of stuff, but there was an auction on November 8th, 2004, for... Al Eare's Chamber of Chills, which includes Cycle of Horror. And no you can way. see here the comic of like the dude opening the door and like the chewed the feet. on feet with the bones and Dope. everything. Very, very cool. You can see the pictures, but like I said, it was sold on November 8th, 2004. So sorry for you. <laughs> uh, okay, let's talk about this very, very quickly from Roomorg.com. This is. Article is called Low Budget Anthology Witch Tales is the First Bilingual Horror Film of Its Kind. Hmm. This was written by Grace Detweiler. The reason I wanted to mention this is because this movie was shot and reshot in its entirety in both English and Spanish. No way. For $9,300. Whoa. Holy shit.
0: But two times shooting it?
1: Two times. So it says here released in both English and Spanish, which tales, which tales in English, Mm -hmm. was essentially shot twice with every scene being replicated in the other language immediately after the initial recording.
0: That's like Dracula, the first Dracula. (laughs) Yeah,
1: except this time with the same cast. So uh, Grace continues here. Not only is this feat impressive simply given the film's budget, yes, but as a result, Witch Tales also features an entirely bilingual cast. Dope. Very, very cool. By not only making Witch Tales accessible, but also wholly available to both English and Spanish-speaking audience, Audiences is an ability few other films and filmmakers can boast. True and very cool. Yeah, way to go. Finally, I need to talk about Jifa, because in this movie, so there were like... Lots especially, of
0: city. Yeah, skate. lots
1: of like and I believe this was Lima. And this gave me such strong Bolivia vibes, which if you've li- listened to our show, you know, I lived there for quite some time. I just loved, especially in the first one, Cycle of Terror, like the night shot views were so beautiful, like just like this dimly am- amber lit city in the nighttime. Ugh, it brought back some strong strong feelings for me like i never lived in peru but it gave me bolivia vibes yeah but there's a moment where switchblade is going to i believe his fancy hotel and like attached to the fancy hotel it says Mm chifa and this i was like oh my fucking god this takes me back so let's talk about chifa this is from wikipedia Chifa is culinary tradition based on Chinese-Cantonese elements fused with traditional Peruvian ingredients and traditions. Though originating in Peru, the chifa tradition has spread to neighboring countries like Ecuador, Chile, and Bolivia. Chinese immigrants came to Peru mainly from the southern province of, I'm so sorry everybody, I will try, Guangdong, and particularly its capital of Guangzhou. Oh, sorry. Good job. Oh, it's something. In the late 19th and early 20th centuries, they settled for the most part in the coast of Peru and the capital city of Lima. The term chifa is also used to describe a restaurant where this type of food is served. Chinese Peruvian food has become one of the most popular types of food in Peru. The first Chinese Peruvian fusion restaurants were opened in Lima in around... At around 1920 in Lima's Chinatown or Barrio Chino, there are thousands of GIFAR restaurants across all districts of Lima and many more throughout other cities of Peru, with sometimes multiple independent restaurants operating in close proximity on a single city block. And it is delicious. Everyone. Yeah. Delicious. If you're ever in Peru or Ecuador, Chile, Bolivia, find yourself a chifa. It is good. And that is the end of my trivia for today.
0: And if you look just like in regular Peruvian restaurants, most of the time, like their main dishes will have like some version of a fried rice, which is... Always fucking awesome. Uh, Chalfa, I think it's called.
1: There's also, I'm pretty sure, a restaurant here in DC. I can't remember the name, but that is specifically Peruvian and mm-hmm. Chinese food. Oh, the best. I'm starving now. Me
0: too. <laughs> All right. So, my, I just have a few little things. I found this um, this article interviewing Mike T. Leiden, Liden, Leiden, uh, Leiden, in the website wearecult.rocks. And it's called Going Underground, Number One, Mike T. Leiden, released October 23rd, 2020, by Thomas Lee Rudder. This article references a bunch of other things that Mike has done. Uh, For example, the film First Man on Mars and The Incredible Melting Man. But I'm going to talk about the section on uh, Cuentos de la Bruja. And it starts by saying a lot of passionate hard work clearly went into this production and it had this viewer anticipating the next feature Lydon put to his name, the horror anthology feature, Witch Tales. Lydon shot his horror Portmanteau, Witch Tales, in Peru. I did wonder how this came to be and he told me, my ex is Peruvian, so we moved down there because she has family. Soon after, I got the filmmaking bug and decided to make another film. He had spent some time in South America in the past taking veterinary courses and moving oh. to Venezuela to help out at an animal shelter. It wasn't long before he put his filmmaking practices to task whilst there as he wound up filming traditional indigenous South American music for HowlingEarth.com. which Tales pays homage to the horror anthology comics of the pre-code era Actually, it's more adaptation than homage, as all three tales of terror, packed within its, again, short runtime, are in fact stories from various horror, horror comics of the pre-code days. The comics light and adapted from work called Chamber of Chills, Haunted Thrills, and Fantastic Fears, portmanteaus of terror from labels long gone. Lydon did his best in attributing who authored what to shed light on some of the artists and writers who created the tales within the comics that excited him so much. The history is sometimes a bit hazy on who did what in these comic books, but I discovered that Ruth Roach is responsible for one or possibly two of the stories I adapted, Experiment in Terror and Bon Appetit. She was a major player in the pre-code days working for comics icon Jerry Iger, as Johnny said. The location of the film was the perfect setting and one that Lydon deemed as the catalyst for the whole production. An old house converted into a museum called Casa Museo del Terror. Cool. Lydon's framing device really brings those anthology anthology comic books to life with its use of primary colors and spook house imagery, which is very true. There's lots of green lights and mm-hmm. red lights and yellow <laughs> is the other <laughs> primary color. The tales themselves and contrast, look grounded in reality as Lydon shot in various real-life locations in downtown Peru. Which tales boasts another distinction in Lydon's Indie Ouvre? The film was shot in both Spanish and English language versions. And Lydon says, a lot of people watching horror films don't want to read subtitles, so I thought if I could shoot a film in two languages, I could get a wider audience. And I think that is playing out based on sales and the feedback I've gotten. So that's good. Nice. That being said, I do not recommend trying this unless you have an actual budget to work with. Flipping back and forth from English to Spanish on the set after shooting 12 hours was occasionally nightmarish. Oof. Yeah, but somehow everyone stuck with it and we pulled through in the end. As luck would have it, a horror convention in Peru called Horror Fest Lima was happening and we ended up being invited to attend. I quickly moved to set up casting at the event and interviewed over 50 people and ended up with 80% of my needed cast from that event alone. Wow. Some were bilingual actors, some were actors who spoke little English but had the talent And some were just horror enthusiasts who spoke English and could handle a given role. So it worked out amazingly well. Some problems occurred occasionally on set because I can't think in film language in Spanish. Mm. So at times it was a little frustrating. I can speak Spanish fairly well, but not so hot in technical terms reach into the choir, bud. Mm. This is absolutely one of those situations where storyboards were critical. And I can't stress this enough to filmmakers. Put in the extra effort and do storyboards for your film. So there you go. Nice. There's a little bit of that. And then very quickly, I was just like, what the hell is La Casa Museo del Terror?
1: Somewhere we got to go. Yes. When we go to Lima.
0: So when I Googled it, uh, El Comercio Punto p which is, I'm assuming, a newspaper in Peru, had an article on it. La Casa Museo del Terror, el lugar en Lima que haría huir a un exorcista. (laughs) Awesome. A place that would make an exorcist run away. (laughs) Uh, Dolls from horror movies, deformed masks, sick paintings, espeluznantes antigüedades, Chichobellos quemados, I don't know what chichovellos is, but burnt, Mm. Chichobellos, diabolical clowns and a Ouija board (laughs) and a Ouija board uh, are all things that would make an exorcist run away. Okay, in La Casa Museo del Terror, the collection of horror objects is the biggest in Peru with uh, weird things happening in the place all the time. (laughs) God, I did not run this through Google Translate. My bad.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Uh, Emilio <laughs> Obregón, who is an economist, says of this place. So this house has six rooms. It's ubicada in San Miguel.
1: Wait, I'm so sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you son of a bitch.
1: <laughs> this economist is saying this? <laughs> That's
0: what it says.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay.
0: I don't know what he has to do with the place, but <laughs> sure. Emilio a the economist. A horror fan. Yeah. So it's mostly just like, it's just spooky things mm-hmm. in a place.
1: Sure. <laughs> I love it.
0: Yeah. This economist says he's a chill and friendly guy, typical man of the family with kids and a wife. But this is his pastime.
1: Oh, he created this. Place. I guess so. He put it together. It says
0: su apariencia normal desafiaba los prejuicios que un dueño de material así podría despertar. Despertar. So he's like, he looks like a regular guy, <laughs> but he's got this weird,
1: yeah, like side he's into biz. like spooky shit. Yeah,
0: he doesn't like mm-hmm. ocultismo. He doesn't believe in mediums and psychics. He doesn't even listen to heavy metal satánico, sino salsa is what he listens okay. to. The house in which he does not live, by the way, was just a refuge in between weeks for the the <laughs> bureaucratic life and the boring side of Lima. So he just was like, "You know what? I'm going to Get a bunch of shit from scary movies, put them up in this place, and people can come see it.
1: I fucking love that so very much. What a guy. He's just like, I do all my economy shit Monday through Friday, yeah. <laughs> Saturday and Sunday. I Horror, baby. Horror, horror, baby. I'm just just renting a house. Renting, renting a house. A Maybe space, he owns it. Or, or I bought a house. Bought specifically a house. For and I, and then I trinkets. went on
0: eBay, got a bunch of horror trinkets. I
1: would... Pay money to go in there. Absolutely. This is
0: a pinhead mask. <laughs> this is um, a replica of Annabelle. You know, that right. kind of shit.
1: I love it. I, I think it's, listen, everybody needs a hobby and he's got a good one. Let's do it.
0: And that's the end of my trivia.
1: Fabulous. You want to answer some questions for me?
0: Absolutely.
1: Eileen, were you scared? No. No, I agree. Well, what was your best scare in this non-scary movie?
0: I have two, technically.
1: Okay, so do I.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Weirdly enough. Yep. Uh, when the lady in the couple in the second story reaches out from the hole and grabs Mm -hmm. man in a lab coat and pulls him down, that made me jump. And also her spooky eyes when she's, like, sneaking back into the darkness. I Mm -hmm. was like, ew, you creepy girl. Yeah. Those two for me.
1: That is one of mine. Mm -hmm. Her creeping back into the darkness. I was like, ooh, fucking cool scary shot yeah and also i got to give it to the hotel manager from the first segment (laughs) which look if i'm being brutally honest here i think he was just not a very good actor (laughs) but i was like ugh, this guy's creeping me out and it was probably just because he wasn't fully committed or maybe that was his choice that was an acting choice either way i will give it to hotel manager and that cool backup shot totally who was your favorite character
0: I'll give it to the wife in Bon Appetit, mm-hmm. but also to the sous chefs. Because every time they showed him, showed those two rolling their eyes, I was like, yep. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> That's me.
1: Absolutely. So
0: those two. evil,
1: Great choices. I gave it to Maella my, my uh-huh. as the Bruja. And I also gave it to the, the woman in the cell from the second segment. Because I thought she was decent. She was decent. There you go. What was your best line?
0: Qué te parece mi puño contra tu cara?
1: Solid. <laughs> Solid. And you? Mine was one of the the witch's lines. She said, "Así que mientras cuido mi brea, mi brebaje, ofrezco otro cuento retorcido para su diversión." Nice. I liked her lines. There were Some of them were, like, cool, and she, you know, she delivered them relatively well, so... Yeah, totally. You know, it's a spooky, witchy line. Yeah. I, I love it. What was your best death?
0: Ooh. We had some good deaths here. I'm gonna give it to Cleaver in the head, fucking Francois, just because he sucks so much <sighs> God, that it sucked. was just really nice to see him fucking die. And I also, like, the the heart and the head on the table, they all look really good, so yeah. I was like, I'm gonna give it to Francois. Fuck that guy.
1: Yeah, fuck that guy. So <laughs> uh mine was the man in the pit just getting dragged in yeah. and then geysers of blood. Very good. Awesome. It's got it. that's that's gonna take it from me. For sure. Did you learn anything about the culture?
0: I guess from you explaining what a chifa was. Sure. That's pretty much it. Yeah. So, I, yes. I,
1: yeah, I put question marks here, but let's, I, I was reminded about the Chifa. Yeah. It was lovely to see Lima. You yeah. know, So I said, yeah, sure. Why not? A little bit. And finally, how many UIs do you give this movie?
0: I'm going to give it one and a half. Okay. The practical effects were very good. And hearing after their budget, like nine some, nine thousand something dollars, like that. That Francois head at the end looked really good. Like the eyeball, the no eyeball on fucking the mm-hmm. dude in the first story.
1: The chewed up legs and toes and shit. Yeah,
0: like genuinely the gross stuff was great. The kills were good, but I don't know if it saved it from the rest of it, which sure. is a bummer. Yeah. So one and a half for me.
1: I feel you. Evil. I get it. You will not believe it, but Two. I'm going to give this. A two and a half.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: And uh, the reason, look, I never need to see this again. You watched it it, way
0: less than me.
1: That's very true. I watched (laughs) it one time through. And look, it is a low budget situation. I literally told you how much money they had. But the reason I give it a two and a half is because clearly they put a lot of work in this film. I know that the director is a gringo, but these are all from what I understand are all Latinos and the fact that they did this they basically filmed this movie twice and they like again good gore effects. I was kind of charmed by the movie in a in a way. Like it wasn't great, but I was like, I feel like I'm watching it was one of those vibes of like I'm watching my high school friends film class project and i'm like good job you 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 fucking nailed it you did a good job the acting yes terrible it could have been 30 minutes long but i still had a relatively good time and you clearly see there was some heart in this so two and a half
0: i will say also there is um there there is a vibe that looks it looks like an old-timey cartoon a lot of times. A lot of the shots look like comic squares, Mm -hmm. which I can... I'll give it to that. Sure. Great! Well, let's get out of this witch's cauldron because... I got to go prance around a fucking cemetery.
1: (laughs) Stealing body parts. Stealing
0: some body parts. Thank you so much for being here with us. We appreciate every single one of you. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen, in cualquier plataforma. Follow our redes sociales at Wikiorror on Instagram and Twitter. You can send us an email at Wikiorror at gmail.com. Find all of our movies on our link tree. Link tr.ee slash you'll see the whole magilla in there. Thank you to Sonoro for being the comic that holds our life stories. Uh, you can follow them on their redes sociales at Sonoro Podcast. And Johnny, if I was stuck in an endless loop of finding your dead feet in a hotel room, I would think it was great. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And I would come back to life or wake up off that creepy bed and say, just come and join me in hell forever and ever.
0: And I will every single time. <laughs> I fucking love you.
1: I fucking love you, too. And we'll
0: see you guys in la próxima semana. Adios. Adios.
1: Uy, que horror. Es una producción de Sonoro.
0: Produced by Jonathan Atkinson and Eileen Clark.
1: Edición y mezcla. Karina Riverol.
0: Escuche, uy, qué horror en cualquier plataforma donde escuchen podcasts.
1: Subscribe, rate and review.
0: Adiós.
1: Adiós.